You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Ten years ago, ten years ago, I remember one of the first kind of vision statements that we tried out for HSM was students discipling students. And for the last ten years, for the last ten years, we have seen God use our different student leadership teams to lead us in HSM, whether that's through worship leading or preaching or planning an event or a ministry or a, a hike or a spiritual experience for us. And, um, you know, a, a few Wednesdays ago, we kind of celebrated the last 10 years, and, and tonight is officially my last night as high school pastor. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine a better last night in HSM than to have one of our students, to have one of us preaching and leading tonight. And so I am so excited for you guys to hear the message that God has put on Ethan's heart. He's a high school student just like you, seeking the Lord. And God has put a great word on his heart, and I am so excited that he's going to preach. Can we just let Ethan know how much we love him and how excited we are to hear? Yes. 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 So with that being said, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pray uh, for Ethan and for our time, and then we're going to open God's word together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this amazing moment where this diverse group of people who speak different languages, who represent different ethnicities and cultures, who come from different neighborhoods and cities and schools, we're gathered together, not because we're the same in any of those other areas, but because We are together pursuing Christ. And there's some here who have never said yes to Christ before. I've never given their life to you, Jesus. And I pray tonight they would do that. But wherever we are all at in our journey of trying to figure out who you are and and what it means to follow you, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray for the person in this room who doesn't know Jesus yet. I pray that they would find him easily in his word tonight. For the Christian in this room, I pray that they would be compelled to more completely follow Jesus tonight with their lives. I pray that you would put your message inside of Ethan like a fire in his bones like you did in Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9. That you would overwhelm him with your peace and your presence as he delivers your word. God, I thank you in advance for what you are going to teach us, for how you are going to show us yourself as we open your word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, one more time. Can you give it up for Ethan Slamer? Thank you. Well, tonight we'll be studying Mark uh, chapter 3, 20 and 21, and Mark chapter 4, 1 through 20, and that's the one that we'll be spending the majority of the time in. So if you want to turn to Mark 4, uh, verse 1, uh, you can do that right now. In this series, we are seeking to see who Jesus is and what his ministry looked like here on earth. As we continue to study the gospel of Mark, Jesus talks about the sower and different kinds of soil or hearts that respond to him. His word only takes root in good soil. Lesser desires, which we'll talk about later, 
keep our heart from being rich soil. To seek the right desire of God alone, we have to be willing to be different, and we'll talk about that later as well. In Mark 3, we see Jesus become controversial because he continued his ministry. He had been healing people and proclaiming to forgive sins, something religious leaders knew only God could do. Jesus begins to face opposition from religious leaders and even his own family. We're gonna come back to that in just a little bit. But for now, we will see in Mark uh, chapter four, verses one through 20, Jesus' ministry is continuing to grow as crowds of people come and see who he is. Jesus spoke in parables a lot to help people understand what he was saying. In a parable, it tells a fictional story to help reveal the truth that Jesus is teaching them. One of those parables is the parable of the sower. Let's read it together now. Turn to Mark chapter four. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell along the, among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil, and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And if this does not make sense yet, uh, don't worry, because Jesus is going to explain it here in just a minute. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they turn, they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do, not, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? We can see that even, even the disciples didn't understand Jesus' parables until he explained it to them. Now let's continue at uh, verse 14. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. There are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the, on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. This parable that Jesus explains is actually an analogy, which means that the various parts of the parable are representing something else in our lives. Let's look at what he says they are. First, the seed is the word, and the word is the gospel, or anything that Jesus ever taught. The soil is the hearts of the hearers, and the sower is Jesus. Now the sower is still Jesus, but he does it through preachers and teachers, and even when we just read the Bible. The four types of soils uh, are represented by the path, and the path represents the hearts that don't hear the word before the devil gets a hold of them, and they can't see the word. The rocky ground represents the heart that accepts the word with joy 
But when tribulation or persecution comes, their faith withers away. The thorns represent the heart that accepts the word, but the things of the world, such as lust, greed, and pride, hinder their sight. It's not limited to that. I'm just giving examples. These seeds die because of their desire for other things. And the good soil represents the heart that accepts the word and grows in obeying and understanding. When we accept the word, we gain the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. We'll talk about why we would want this in just a few minutes. The soil, or the hearts of the hearers, is focused on most in this parable, and so that's what we're gonna focus on most as well. This emphasizes the need for a good heart that accepts and responds to the word. What kind of soil is your heart like? Think about that. What kind of soil is your heart like? Is your heart the soil that has a bunch of rocks in it? Uh, That when something hard hits, that you don't trust God anymore? Does your soil have a lot of thorns in it? That the, that the world gets in the way of you and God? What kind of soil is your heart like? Do you have rocks or thorns or tribulations or persecution or lesser desires that are keeping your heart from being rich soil? Where are your desires leading you? Towards God or away from God? For example, one of the thorns in my life uh, that gets in the way of me and God is idolatry. It's just a silly example, but I'm gonna use it. It's an example uh, that I think uh, really fits as well. I idolize shoes a lot, so much so that sometimes I can't get my mind off of it. What are your thorns or rocks? Rocks or tribulations or persecutions could be losing a family member, losing a friend, tension in relationships, or even bad health. How can you make your soil good? Now that you know that there may be rocks or thorns uh, in your heart, how can you make your heart good? God wants to reveal himself to you. The choice of putting down deep roots in him is up to you, and we can only grow and flourish in good soil. Let's talk about thorns for a minute. Thorns can be described as the passions of the world. The world does not search after God. The world is like the seeds that fall on the path. They reject God. Thorns thorns are of the world, and they get in the way of you and God. The word passion and desire Uh, are sometimes interchanged in the Bible. We're gonna use uh, desires tonight. Rocks and thorns uh, or tribulations or persecution or lesser desires can keep our hearts from being rich soil or good soil. Now, desires are not always evil, but desires can be evil. So when I say lesser desire or I say uh, thorns, that would be uh, an evil desire. And when I say uh, a desire in God, that would be a good desire, a desire that is not evil. When I want something, that is, a, that is a desire. I can want to know God more, or I can think only about myself. I can want to glorify God more, or I can want to glorify God, uh, glorify myself more. Desires start as one desire. They start as, I want to do the will of God, or I want to do whatever will glorify myself. Then they play out as, I want myself to feel good, so for example, I'll eat ice cream, or something to that effect, or I want to know God, so I'll read the Bible. Um, We were created to desire God more than anything. God demands us to desire him because first he wants us to glorify him, but he also knows that when we truly and fully uh, desire him, then we will be completely fulfilled. Um, We can be fulfilled 
by seeing, by seeing who God is. He created the world. Try and ha- wrap your mind around that. He is perfect. I, there's, our world is so imperfect, we are so imperfect, that it's so hard to imagine anything but God being perfect. He is eternal. He never had a beginning like we had a beginning, and he'll never have an end. We have a physical end. Um, God has so much power. Like, he could literally zap us all out of existence right now. But his love is so great that we can't even imagine how great it is that he is, he is faithful in, in loving us, and he saved us so that we can be with him forever. This is why we want to desire him. God is the perfect father, the perfect friend, and the perfect king. The things of this world will fail you. God will never fail anyone. As we're talking about desires, um, desires must be in the right object. Like I said earlier, I idolize shoes a lot. And it's the only thing on my mind sometimes. When I get them, it's hard to even stop looking at them. This is a desire that is in the wrong object. Desiring anything more than God is in the wrong object. For example, shoes, clothes, good grades, people liking you. Those are just a few examples of, of desires being in the wrong object. Desires literally hold us hostage. Sometimes I'm thinking about uh, what other people think of me. Uh, sometimes I think about, man, how do these shoes look on me? Um, and so they literally hold me hostage. Sometimes we think about things so much that we're held hostage to those things. The devil tries to use the things that we have or the things that we want to have and gets our minds set on those things instead of God. He's lying to you, though. The desires of the world are lesser than our desire for God. They don't fully satisfy us. They leave us wanting more. For example, sugar. Um, when we have a little bit of sugar, we want more. If there's a tray of cookies, you, if you have one, you're going to want another one. <laughs> what I find myself thinking about most is, what can I do next that will make me happy? This is usually not reading the Bible or praying. But if I did read the Bible, and I experienced this at night when I'm reading the Bible or praying, I could marvel at all the attributes of God that I listed above, and, and there's even more. Um, and I could pray that God would give me the desire for him. Desires can become idolatry. Idolatry is replacing God with a lesser thing, like thinking so much about shoes that I'm no longer thinking about God. When I desire something so much, it usually sticks on my mind all the time. What that is is idolatry. I'm giving it a higher position in my thoughts than God. Usually when we sin, we desire it first. Like when you eat ice cream, you wanted the ice cream before you got it. The root of your actions is your desire. So if you desire, if your desire is in the right object, your actions will follow. What do you desire other than God? Could be shoes, clothes, uh, people liking you. It could be being strong, it could be having a nice car, having a nice house. What do you desire other than God? Think about that. Let's go back to Jesus' family as I mentioned in the beginning. Let's turn to Mark chapter three, verses 20. Then he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him for they were saying, he is out of his mind. Jesus' family and the others in the crowd thought Jesus was crazy. Jesus desired to do the will of, of his father. Jesus' family and the crowd desired for him to preach, 
maybe, but not cause an uproar and to not be different and not make such crazy sounding claims. They were so upset because he was causing tension in the community. They wanted Jesus to stay quiet and not cause an uproar and to fit in with society. Jesus desired to follow what his father told him to do. Jesus' family was not different from the others. It is comforting to know that even Jesus' family had a hard time ordering their desires correctly. It can be difficult to do when the whole crowd is going in a different direction. To follow your one right desire for God, you have to be different. The world does not desire God. There is great benefit to following Jesus. You might be thinking, all right, desire God sounds like a I love you, Lord kind of thing. But no, there actually is great benefit. You always have someone to lean on when you're going through a hard time. And you get to be with the most awesome person in all of, all of existence for eternity. And you can be in relationship with him now. But you might be wondering, okay, I'm supposed to desire him, but how can I desire him? Well, simple answer is you can read his word and see how great he is. But here's an example of how maybe, you, maybe the word is not quite enough for you to see. A few years ago, I wanted to desire God, but I didn't. I heard John Piper, a pastor, theologian, and author, say, if you want to desire God, ask him. I started doing that. For about a year, I prayed and waited until one night, God helped me desire him. I don't always desire him, but that was the first time that I had ever really desired him. So as we try to desire God, try to follow him, um, we need to, with the power of the Holy Spirit, take those thorns uh, out of our soil, out of our heart, so that we can fully follow him. Um, and so one thing that I do uh, to help take away my idolatry uh, of shoes, that's just one simple example, is I start speaking truth. Like, Lord, you are so much greater than these shoes. They can't do anything for themselves. God, you created heaven and earth. I wanna encourage you to do the same. Don't be like Jesus' family or the crowd. Be different like Jesus. Desire to do the will of God like Jesus did, even when no one else does. Read his word and ask him to help you desire him. I have a challenge. We're going up to camp uh, on Sunday, and even if you're not going, uh, I wanna encourage you to still do this challenge. And this challenge does not apply just to now, just before camp or during camp, but uh, hopefully for the rest of your life. Ask God to be the desire of your heart every day. Um, so just to summarize up uh, what we've been uh, looking at, we looked at Mark 4, 1 through 20 tonight, that talks about Jesus sowing the word and the different kinds of hearts of the hearers that can accept the word. The parable illustrates how people respond differently to an encounter with Jesus. In Mark chapter 3, verses 20 and, 20, uh, verses 20 and 21, we saw that Jesus' family had thorns that held them back from obeying the word. They were not willing to be different. We, had to be, we have to be okay to be different, to follow Jesus, our right desire. In order to see God, we must get the thorns out of the way. Let's revisit some of the questions we talked about tonight and take those with us as we, as we reflect on this passage. What kind of soil is my heart like? What do I desire other than God? I'd encourage you to write these down or take a picture of them on the screen. Am I okay to be different, to follow Jesus, my right desire? How can I make my heart good soil? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can talk to you whenever we desire, Lord. Help us to desire you now and forever, Lord. Help us to look to you 
Help us to rid ourselves of the thorns in our lives. Uh, reveal those thorns in our lives, Lord, so that we know what to get rid of. Lord, uh, we love you, and we thank you for your love for us, Lord. In your name I pray, amen.